Our scripture text for this morning will be in 1 John in chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. If you turn there, before we get there though, I want to read some other selected scriptures dealing with the person, the name, and the work of Jesus Christ as an entryway into our passage and thought today of warnings about the darkness. Warnings about the darkness. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, Jesus Christ, was in the beginning with God. In Colossians, Paul writes, He, Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him, Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him, Jesus, and for Jesus. And He, Jesus, is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He, Jesus, might be preeminent. For in Jesus all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether in heaven on earth, making peace with the blood of His cross. Hebrews says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us. Listen, God the Father is speaking to us through His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He appointed the heir of all things through whom also He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint, I love the wording, the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. And making purification for sins at the cross, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name He has inherited is more excellent than theirs. And then in, we come to 1 John, and John begins this letter by saying, Look, listen, we heard from Him, we saw Him, we touched Him. And then he goes on to say in chapter 1 and verse 5, This is the message we have heard from Him, and we proclaim to you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. There is truth. Now we come to our scripture for today. If you're physically able, will you stand with me as I read? Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. And therefore we know that it is the last hour. 
They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will be able in the Son and in the Father. Abide. And this is the promise that He made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, the church. But the anointing that you receive from Him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as His anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it is taught you, abide in Him. And now, little children, abide in Him, so that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink back from Him in shame at His coming. If you know that He is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of Him. May God add His blessing to the reading of His Word today. You may be seated. Father, today I ask for the unction of the Holy Spirit that I may, before these blessed and beloved people, plant the seed of the rose of Sharon before them. And may you, Lord, as the rose of Sharon, sprout and bloom before our eyes, that we may behold the beauty that you have and your salvation. And Lord, that you would awaken our souls and our cold-hearted hearts. Bring life to them. Breathe life into us, Lord Jesus. And illuminate our understanding that we may receive the truths found in your word. God, I pray for protection that nothing will hinder this message from reaching your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 John is a letter of test. We, it talks to us about testing ourselves, about testing the spirits that are around us, and also testing others that claim to know the truth but do not walk in the truth. And I want to remember, remind you about this letter. These were people claiming to know the truth about Jesus Christ that were trying to deceive them. They said, we know Jesus, and we know the truth about Jesus. So I say that just to remind you that when we talk today about the Antichrist, we're not talking about a creepy Halloween movie. Uh, we're talking about spiritually, or very spiritual people, philosophical people, that said they knew Jesus and the truth about Jesus. Are you hearing me this morning? Uh, 
D.L. Moody said this, Temptations are never so dangerous as when they come to us in a religious garb. I believe that's true. We had a, a, a stabbing in our little town this week. Most of you all, if not all, have heard about that. And Paula was reading some of the replies to the news uh, on Facebook, and somebody said, the devil is running rampant. And that is true. I'm not denying what that person said. But I want to tell you, the devil's running rampant as much in the churches as he is as a stabbing somewhere in Berea. And I think it's even more powerful when he comes as the angel of light in religious garb. That's when he is most dangerous. Beloved, God has enemies. Jesus Christ has enemies. And because they have enemies, the church has enemies. You have enemies that want to deceive you. Enemies are trying to creep the darkness in around you and deceive you from knowing the truth and the joy that comes from it. Darkness is ever creeping among us. Shadows, if you will, are above us. Shadows around us, like the beautiful hymn, Heavenly Sunlight teaches. In today's time, uh, we cannot offend anyone with truth. And hear clearly that uh, he speaks of the truth in First John, that there is a truth to behold. A lot of our generation has been swept away, and this has been going on for centuries through the Enlightenment period. And matter of fact, let me say that the great Enlightenment Enlightenment wasn't all that enlightening. It was seated in humanism that has morphed into many other things. People will say, well, that's your truth, but that's not mine. And can I say that is one of the most hypocritical statements you can make? That you know what truth is, and then, but that's your truth and that's mine? That makes no sense. That is not a thinking statement, and yet that's what we hear today. In today's time, you cannot offend anyone with truth except the God of truth. God of truth we can offend all day, but not anybody else. And yet the darkness continues to creep. I tell you, it was so funny. I have, it was one of my worst memories of any ministry. It was before I, uh, I think it was even before I answered the call to ministry. I was asked to speak at a, FCA at a middle school. I was still at Richmond Utilities, uh, and they asked me, I, and basically the reason they asked me was because I worked at that time at the um, gospel radio station and had the gospel show on Saturday mornings, and so I was known in some circles, not that many, but as, as a Christian DJ, and so they asked me to come in and talk to the kids, and I struggled and struggled, and sometimes you just miss it. And so I've selected this scripture to deliver at 7 o'clock to middle school children and talk to them about the Antichrist. I regret that so badly. (laughs) That was so stupid. I still think about that with embarrassment. But yet, we are warned that the Antichrist is coming and the Antichrist has come. You know, many of us remember in 1997, I again was working at Richmond Utilities at that time, and it came through the news, and many of you, some of you will remember this, and 
Rancho Santa Fe, California, there was a mansion there, and they found the corpses of 39 people who had said yes to the wrong thing. They were members of the Heaven's Gate cult. How many of you remember that in 1997? Uh, matter of fact, we had just moved to Berea in that time. And I, that might have been about the time when the tornado came through here in March 97. But I remember that being on the news about these bodies being found, and they were all dressed in black. I think they had like white tennis shoes, all white tennis shoes. They were clothed in purple, and they committed mass suicide. Mass suicide, heaven's gate. And, and the, the whole concept behind this was uh, God had spoken to their leader, his name was Marshall Applewhite. And he had them believing that their souls would leave their bodies and join up with a spaceship that they hoped was trailing behind a comet passing near Earth. And they committed mass suicide all at the same time. In the aftermath of the suicides, journalists talked with individuals who had at one time uh, been proselytized by the cult. And they spoke to several of them and how the ones that did not buy into this. But we wonder how people do buy into things like that. Well, because they're hurting. And they'll receive promises or truth. Someone that makes them feel good or gives them a message that brings hope. One of those that did not go all the way but was proselytized by them uh, said this, at that time in my life, I decided I needed something to grasp onto. But he was very thankful that he said no to the cult. And you know, just as it is vital to say yes to some things, there are things that we need to say yes to. It is equally important to give a firm no to some things as well. The word no can save you, amen? The word no can save you. And that's what John is writing to the church here. There are some things you need to say no to. There are things you have said yes to, but there are things you need to say no to. What are we saying no to in this Scripture today? We're saying no to the Antichrist, against Christ. Who is the Antichrist? Who is against Christ? Well, in the Scripture today, first we see through other Scriptures in the Bible that the Antichrist is a person. And he speaks of that person there in verses, verses uh, 18. You have heard that Antichrist is coming. And through other scriptures, most of us believe there is a person that will come appearing as light. A great charismatic leader that will appear to solve the world's problems, great problems. And at first he will seem to bring great unity, doing great signs to deceive the nations. But his end is destruction and death. And he is the enemy of Christ and of Christ's redeeming work. And that will in the end be revealed. But not only is Antichrist a person, the Antichrist is a people, and John relates that. He says, so now many Antichrists have come, many of those against Christ. So the Antichrist is not only a person, but it is a people. And they too, at first, come as light. You've had them uh, in this sanctuary at times through the years. But it's soon revealed that they are not with the church. They are of the darkness. They refuse, in the end, they refuse the church, the bride of Christ, 
Beloved, I want to say to you today, it is a spirit of antichrist that has moved in our nation among church what called Christians that said they can have Christ but not the church. You don't have the groom without the bride. That's a spirit of antichrist that has swept among those who claim to be Christians. This is what happened here. They claimed to be among them, but they rejected the assembly of the church. They were more spiritual than them. They were smarter than them. They understood truth more than them, so they rejected the foolishness of the church. It's a spirit of Antichrist. They speak of their spirituality. They speak of their philosophy. They speak of their goodness, but ultimately their moral goodness, but ultimately they are against Christ, they are against the work of Christ, and they are against His church. These are Antichrists. These are people against Christ. They're friends of yours and mine. They're people that are morally good. They speak of their spirituality. They speak of deep philosophical answer questions. But they're against Christ and His work at the cross. But not only is the Antichrist a people, not only is the Antichrist a person, but the Antichrist is a position. And what I mean by that, it is a demonic spirit of Antichrist. And it is again a spiritual and religious movement against Christ. Again, I want to say this, we're not talking about Halloween movies. We're talking about people that look and talk and sound like they must know something true about God. They are against this movement, this spirit is against Christ, His person revealed in the Word of God that we read today. His saving work in His life and His death and His burial and His resurrection. It is Babylon. And for those of you prophecy buffs that enjoy Revelation and it speaks of Babylon, I believe that's what it's speaking about. The worldly system that looks good and spiritual and materialistic and all of these things. It's philosophical. It's intelligent. It's scientific. But it is against Christ and the work. And by the way, these many of these people like Christ. They're buddies with Christ. They believe Christ was a good man, a prophet. But in the end, they reject His redeeming work and the person that He was and is today. This spirit is seen as intelligent, spiritual. It speaks of promises and ways of peace. But it all is a lie. It's darkness. And it's fueled by Satan who comes to us as an angel of light masking his darkness for now. This person, these people, this position wants to deceive you And me, the church. And that's why John is writing. Children, he says. This is a warning to Christians. They were disheartened. They were struggling and doubting their own faith because people had walked away from them and were teaching other truths about the person of Jesus Christ. They were confused. And John's saying, they weren't really of us. If they were of us, they would have stayed with us. But they left and they don't want anything to do with you and your Jesus. I'm warning you. 
They're deceiving you or they're trying to deceive you. John uses those words in verse 26. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. You, the church. And what happens when they deceive the church from walking in the light, knowing the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. And they therefore rob us of true knowledge, of true peace, of true hope, of true joy, of true purpose, but of true eternal reward in heaven. In our remaining time, I want to ask you four questions, and I'm going to generally answer three of them. The fourth, I cannot. The first is this, if, if this is true, which we believe it is what we've read this morning about the Antichrist, the person, the people, the position, and trying to deceive us from knowing the true Jesus Christ. If this is true, which we believe it is, how do we distinguish between true religion and false religion or cults? And the answer is this, the answer is this, How do you distinguish between the true religion and false religions and cults that are antichrist? What they do with Jesus Christ. What they do with the person of Jesus Christ. Now, again, the most dangerous ones are those who hold Christ close to them. And they speak of Jesus as an awesome created being a great prophet, a great teacher, a great miracle worker that did much good. They hold Jesus close, but they do not trust Him and know Him as Lord and Savior. The Mormons speak of knowing Jesus Christ, beloved, but they believe Jesus Christ was a created being Brother to Satan, he was not eternal before the world was created. A cult is what you do with Jesus Christ. I don't care how good it looks. And and listen, I'm probably getting some looks right now for even making that statement. But I want to tell you, what they do with Jesus Christ is unbiblical. And it is wrong. And it is a cult, therefore might have some wonderful people in it. And don't be a f- wonderful people. There, a lot of them are morally good, but, but beloved, I can take you to morally good people that don't know Jesus but don't claim any religion out here right down the street. But they love their family, they work hard, they're morally good people, but they don't know Jesus Christ. So don't be shocked by my statement about someone that says they know, claim to know the truth about Jesus Christ, but they reject the biblical Christ. It's wrong. See, if you remove the biblical Christ, you remove biblical Christianity, and therefore you create, create an anti-biblical cult. Let me read to you what our Baptist faith and message says about Jesus Christ, and you need to know this. God the Son. Christ is the eternal Son of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
In His, in, in his incarnation as Jesus Christ, He was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus perfectly revealed and did the will of God, taking upon Himself human nature with its demands and necessities and identifying Himself completely with mankind, yet without sin. He honored the divine law by His personal obedience. And in His substitutionary death on the cross, He made provision for the redemption of men from sin. He was raised from the dead with a glorified body and appeared to His disciples as the person who was with them before His crucifixion. He ascended into heaven and is now exalted at the right hand of God where He is the one mediator, fully God, fully man, in whose person is effected the reconciliation between God and man. He will return in power and glory to judge the world and to consummate His redemptive mission. He now dwells in all believers as the living and ever-present Lord. That's the biblical Jesus Christ. Any other Jesus is not the true Jesus. Second question, how... Do you know if you are walking in the light? If you are in the truth and have eternal life, how do you know that? Well, the answer is this question, have you believed in Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life? As God in the flesh, fully God, fully man, who paid the price of your sins at Calvary, who rose from the dead, who's in heaven at the right hand of God in the flesh, who's coming back. Have you given and surrendered your life, trusting in His work at the cross and not in your own work and merit? Do you believe in the cross, His death, the resurrection, that Jesus Christ is the truth, that He is who He said He was, and there is no lie in Him? That He is God in the flesh, and therefore if we are in Christ by grace through faith, we are of the truth and in the light. Have you trusted this Jesus? as the bridge that unites you and God the Father again, reconciling you and your relationship to your Creator? Have you asked Jesus Christ to forgive you and cleanse you of your sins and trusted in His work at the cross to do so? Do you believe in the biblical Christ, beloved? If you do and if you've called on Him, you're walking in the light. And you are in Christ. Third question, how will you withstand deception of false religions and false doctrines? That can be scary if you're really sincere because you don't want to be deceived, right? And Satan comes to us as an angel of light with much goodness, moral character, so to speak, before our eyes, and philosophy, and scientific figures, and intellectualism, and spirituality. We don't want to be deceived. Well, this is a very general answer. And so I'm going to ask you to pray about this and flesh this out. But you've got to know the God of truth through Jesus the truth, by the Spirit of truth found in the Word of truth that God gave unto us. You've got to know that. And the more you know this biblical Jesus, the less you will be deceived by the unbiblical Jesus. I'm saying to you today, you've got to train yourself. 
You've got to train yourself to be in the church and to be the church. You've got to ask. You've got to seek. You've got to knock. You've got to worship here and you've got to worship at home. Beloved, you've got to train your families. You've got to seek wisdom and ask for the wisdom of God because Satan comes as an angel of light. You've got to know the Word of God more than you know Aesop's morals and his stories. I was shocked uh, about two, three years ago, I got to looking for sermon illustrations, and I used a couple of Aesop's fables as sermon illustrations. Uh, I'm not being anti-Aesop, but I am saying this. I was shocked as I began to read through all of those how really so many of Aesop's fairy tales and fables have shaped the way we think in American culture. I've used this one before. Will you finish this scripture? God helps those that what? Thank you for finishing that, Lou. You stole my punchline. It was good. I won't ask you to raise your hand how many of you thought that was in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. And matter of fact, it's an anti-Christ statement because the whole point of Christianity is we can't help ourselves. And God came to people, to men and women who couldn't help themselves, and He saw us in the dirt and in the mud and bound for hell, an enemy of God, and He came to us and saved us when we couldn't save ourselves. That's an anti-Christian statement. That's an anti-Christ statement. But you know, I've found, I've heard that all my life from people in the church. And if you want to just have some fun like I did, go and search the moral, sto- moral of the stories of Aesop's fables and look how many you hear throughout our society that we've heard growing up that people know more of, and I'm speaking of the Christian community, know more and get more of their theology for life and wisdom for life from Aesop's fables than they do the Word of God. We've got to train ourselves, or either we will be deceived. We've got to train our children, or they'll be deceived. We've got to take this seriously in our life. Last question. I can't answer this one, only you can. Are you wavering in your faith today as to who Jesus is? Have you been deceived? And my follow-up question is, are you going to believe what Jesus said about himself in the Bible, or will you be deceived by Antichrist, very spiritual, very intellectual, morally good angels of light? By the way, I'm not teaching hate of the person. I'm teaching hate of the doctrine that rejects Jesus Christ. I want to make that very clear. And one more time, I know I've played this over, but I just want to pound this in young people's head. Uh, Again, Antichrist won't come to you in, in full revelation through a Stephen King novel or movie. It will appear to be a friend to Jesus. But ultimately, he rejects Jesus. And he'll come with a part of the truth. You remember that when Satan, when the serpent came to Eve? There was some truth in his lie. And the greatest lies have a degree of truth, right? 
And so there is degrees of truth in the greatest lies. And I want to say this, are you wavering in your belief of the biblical Jesus today? There are voices around you. There is darkness creeping in, even among our evangelical churches. It'll appear peaceful, but its way is destruction. I just want to remind you, without Jesus Christ, our life is pointless. Our end is death and destruction because we will be forever separated from God's goodness in hell. I ask you today, and I'll use the same terminology that John used, children, children, walk in the light as He is in the light. Walk in fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. Would you trust Jesus Christ today? Let's pray. Father, so many voices around us and our children and our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, Lord, whispering, shouting in their ears and in their life, touching all senses of their being. I pray, Lord, for protection for a hedge, even now, Lord Jesus, as we come to a close of this service, I pray, Lord, that you would remove spirit of Antichrist from among us, that you would cover us with your wings for just a moment. I pray for your protection from these deceiving falsehoods that are stealing the lives of so many people. I pray for wisdom for our parents and grandparents, Lord, that we will train and teach and not assume everybody's good just because they talk about God. That we will have divine wisdom placed in this room right now, Lord, through the Holy Spirit in the minds of young people and parents and grandparents. I pray for strength to withstand the onslaught false teaching of Jesus Christ, that we will, Lord, walk in the light as you are in the light, that we will have fellowship with you. And Lord Jesus, I pray if there is a person here today that is wavering on who Jesus is and they're listening to many different voices, Lord, would you show yourself to them that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Would you do a work in their heart right now? Set us upon the rock this morning, Lord Jesus. And I ask these things in your name. Amen.